0: Hello, welcome to Unprecedented Women, the podcast sharing incredible stories of women who paid their own way in the world of work. Stories that will inspire you to have the confidence to be visible, take action, and to play big. Because what's the best that can happen? I'm Jess Audsley. We're all pioneers, and we are all unprecedented. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Unprecedented Women. I am so delighted to have Tiwa Lola Ogunlezi here with me today. She is the founder of the Self Love Revolution, Confident and Killing It. And we actually met when you delivered a session, Tiwa, that absolutely set my heart on fire. You talked about confidence. That's all I remember. But I just remember having a proper girl crush on you because your energy was just amazing amazing and we have this mutual fire in our bellies for giving women more confidence and to go out there and and kill it and so i'm super super interested to hear about your story where you're from and how you came to do this amazing thing that you're doing
1: um, thank you so much for having me and that's so sweet of you uh, to say but um yeah so I was born and raised in Nigeria and I'm actually three quarters Nigerian and a quarter Scottish so I have my Scottish side in me a bit of Scottish blood which is great but um I come from a family of very very powerful women my grandma was a Scottish woman she married a Nigerian man in the 60s and moved to Nigeria by boat it took her two weeks so you know she was living in a new Environment where she didn't know anyone, she didn't know the culture, but she survived and she made a name for herself and was really successful. And she passed that on to my mom, and that energy of being unstoppable and not letting being a woman limit you in anything that you're doing was passed on to me as well. So I grew up in a very positive household where I always saw women excelling, and so it was completely natural to me that as a woman, I was also going to be successful myself because my grandma did it, my mom did it, so I knew it was possible for me. But an area of life that no one really talked about back then was your mindset and although I grew up in such a loving and empowering household. I had my own personal battles with my mind that I didn't really know what was going on and know how to manage. So I had such a messy mind as a teenager and um, my negative thoughts would always be on overdrive. And I thought I wasn't good enough. I thought I wasn't creative enough. I thought I wasn't pretty enough. And um, it just really, those stories really played over and over in my mind until I turned about 21. And I read a book called um, 15 Laws of Growth by John Maxwell. And in that book, he talks about how growth is intentional and how confidence is a practice. And, um, growth doesn't just come with age because i thought oh when i'm 25 i'll be working i'll be making money life will be good and then you become an adult and you realize it is such a scam <laughs> because you know you're just you're never prepared for anything that comes you just have to wing your way through life and you have to be intentional about becoming the woman or man that you want to become it doesn't just happen to you and as soon as i realized that i had the power to program my mind for for success and I had the power to take action and live the life that I truly desired I was like right let's go let's do this I'm ready where are my tools what's my strategy you know so um after going on that journey I was inspired after seeing um a lot of young girls struggle with confidence and self-esteem. I started volunteering as a youth leader and I was seeing over and over again, young women having confidence struggles. And I remembered when I was 16 and I didn't love myself. And I said, how are we here again? Another generation of young women growing up. And it's the same story I had that they now have. And I was like, this is not okay. Why has society normalized this? And so I started creating content about how important it is to love and believe in yourself and to invest in your growth so that you can be confident in life. And videos led to events, led to community and uh, yeah, led to where I am now.
0: Wow, that is amazing. And also it's so interesting to me that I come from a very strong a line of very strong women as well. My family comes from Finland, so quite a different place, but there are strong women everywhere, right? And it's amazing to me that you had such an early kind of um, vision of what you wanted to do and what confidence was like for you, because as you say, it's a muscle that we have to practice, and that's the biggest lie, right? That we're told that that kind of it—it's something that just appears. No, it's something that we have to work on every single day. And I can tell you, at 45, it doesn't get any easier. We still have to exercise that muscle. But what inspired me about your story as well—that is that at the beginning of the pandemic, you had kind of a vision what you wanted to do for your for your business. Tell me about that story and and kind of what happened there and and how, how it all came about.
1: Yeah, so I uh, quit my full-time job in December of 2019. And I was like, 2020 is gonna be my year, everyone watch out for me, Tiwa is coming through. And uh, I started off in January, I my business plan was to run in-person workshops, uh, you know, corporate being workshops, um, put on events, community events, things like that, one-to-one coaching, everything that I was doing was in-person work and um january was good february was good march started off really well and then obviously the pandemic happened lockdown happened and every single thing got canceled because people were so afraid at the time of what was going on and no one knew how this was all going to play out um you know everyone was just kind of like no we're canceling it we're not doing it we're canceling it we're not doing it and um I hit rock bottom because I had quit my full-time job, I had three months of savings, that was beginning to run out, and I just kind of felt like, oh my gosh, is this the end? Like, am I a failure? Have I not even managed to survive my first three months as an entrepreneur? And um, when I was having this image in my head of hitting rock bottom and not being able to bounce back, I had to ask myself and I said, Tiwa, is this the story that you want for your life, that lockdown happened, the pandemic happened and that's it you gave up that was the end of you and your business and I said no that is not the story I want for myself the story I want is that I want to see growth like I've never seen before I want to build a community a global community where women from all over the world are coming to my events and being part of confident and killing it and I kid you not that is exactly what happened I wrote that vision down on a post-it and I stuck it on my vision board and I said as the title whatever goes down must come back up I am unstoppable and so every morning in lockdown when I was still not getting any emails for bookings when I nothing seemed great I just looked at that note that said whatever goes down must come back up I am unstoppable and so You know, I thought, okay, they can cancel my opportunities, but they can't cancel my mind. They can't cancel my creativity. They can't cancel the confidence that I have in myself and the belief that I have in myself that I can make this work. And so I started creating my own events when people didn't want to give me an opportunity, I created my own opportunities. I put on webinars all throughout lockdown for women to boost their well-being, help them with their finances, uh, get into the right mindset, help them with their personal brand. And that just exploded my business. And so all these women who are coming to my workshop, over a thousand women, then started recommending me to their companies and to their networks. And before I know it, I'm working with Google, Facebook, TikTok, Deloitte, Morgan Stanley, literally all in the same year where I went from zero bookings I'm now working with some of the biggest companies in the world where no one knew my name now everyone knows my name um and so it just showed me the power of betting on yourself and the power of like positive visualization where even if your circumstances aren't reflecting what you want for your life you believe in the journey and you can trust the process that good things are coming to you they might not come when you want it but they are going to come
0: that's amazing and and such an inspiring story as well which goes Thank to show you. that like mindset is like 95% of 100%. it 100% yeah
1: you know and, and
0: working i i love that it also shows that working towards a goal keeping that consistent building the empire brick by brick doing mm-hmm. what you have to do to get there and mm-hmm. also you know the story of like i doubted myself i mean it's so powerful because i think that's That's where sometimes women get so afraid because they think that you have Mm. to be rock solid and you have to be rock solid in your belief, but you can have wobbles and that's okay too because you stumble and you get back up. Right. That's, that's what we do. Success is not a straight line
1: no and neither is confidence right you're not gonna be confident hundred percent of the time being confident does not mean an absence of self-doubt being confident does not mean an absence of fear it's about feeling the fear but doing it anyways experiencing the self-doubt because the self-doubt is pointing you at something experiencing that self-doubt but then Processing it and not getting stuck and internalizing those situations as something being wrong with you. So yes, I still have my days where I'm feeling down. I still have my days where my mind is a mess. But I don't internalize it as something being wrong with me. It just is what it is. It's a bad day. It's not a bad life. You are not a bad human just because you have one bad day. And um, really understanding that life is a roller coaster. It will go up. It will go down. It will go up. It will go down. But roller coasters always keep moving forward till they reach the finish line. They never stay stuck whilst you're hanging upside down, screaming for your dear life, right? That would be awkward (laughs) if the ride just ended there, but it doesn't. It takes you upside down. It spins you around, but it always takes you to the finish line. And so I really learned to embrace my emotions. I was one of those people who hated emotions and I was like, ew, emotions. I was one of those like productivity queens where I used to base my worth on my productivity level and when I was feeling productive and business was coming in, I was like, yes, I'm great. And then when things were slowing down or I got a ill or something and I would be in bed all day, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst human being ever. And I've really been on a journey to learn to differentiate my worth from my productivity and know that I'm not going to be confident 100% of the time. And that's okay. But it's about what I do in those moments where I'm not feeling confident. Do I stay stuck or do I get back up and get back to where I know I'm meant to be.
0: It's part of an entrepreneurial journey also, I think, who have been employed for 20 years and, and is now an entrepreneur to kind of shift your mindset in a way that those days when you're not feeling that great, maybe you're feeling a little bit sick or tired, to allow yourself to rest, to allow yourself, Mm. to give yourself permission to take it easy and reset the next day. I never used to do this, but I do it now where I go to bed and I just say, okay, that was a day, mm-hmm. that wasn't great, mm-hmm. but you know what? Tomorrow is another one, and tomorrow is my Absolutely. chance, and let's start over, you know? And that took took a yeah. mind shift from employment to being an entrepreneur, to, to allow myself mm. to do that. So let's break this down a little bit, because there are, unfortunately, a number of sort of commonalities in how, how women operate. So one of them I see a lot when I coach um, people when it comes to visibility on social media, and that's the inner critic, right? So the inner critic, Mm. the voice that just keeps on, you know, Mm. we don't want to listen to it, but it's there. What have you learned? What can you share with us about overcoming that inner critic?
1: Mm. Such a good question. Um, I always use this analogy. So imagine you are in a court case, right? And your negative thoughts are trying to throw you in jail. Your inner critic is trying to throw you in jail for life. And your positive thoughts are trying to defend you and get you free okay the inner critic comes with a stack of files right comes with the receipts and the evidence to show how you are a bad person and you deserve to be in jail the times you've made mistakes from when you were three years old to when you were however old you are the times when you failed at something the times when you embarrassed yourself and you said something cringe or awkward your negative thoughts have kept all those memories and it is always available ready to put it out there. Meanwhile, your positive thoughts show up with no resources no ammunition whatsoever no receipts and just they're just like hi guys oh she's a great person like come on just let her go she doesn't deserve to be in jail we love her right and obviously who's gonna win the case the person who just comes with the good vibes and who doesn't really know what they're doing or the person who actually like has all the receipts and the evidence so what i say to women is that you have to arm your positive thoughts you can't just like Expect to overcome an inner critic by just defending yourself going no I'm not a fraud I'm not a fraud I'm not a fraud no that's not good enough to just be like I'm not this or I'm not that why are you what you want to be so for example if you say I'm resilient great Why are you resilient? Why do you believe you are resilient? Give me an example of when you have been resilient and know that example at the forefront of your mind. Because the moment your mind comes to you and says, there's no way you can bounce back from this situation, you might as well just give up now, You can't just go, oh, uh, oh, maybe it's right, maybe it's right, maybe I should give up the end. No, you have to be like, actually, I am resilient because I can bounce back from difficult situations. And a time when I did this was when blah, 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 blah right? So you've got to know your strengths. You've got to know your talents and your skills and what you bring to the table. That is the number one foundation to overcoming your inner critic and, and reprogramming your mind to focus on the positives about you versus the negatives. When you know your strengths, it gives you the language to use and the positive ammunition to then do the second step, which is challenge the negativity. We let the inner critic come into our mind and throw a party and grab some popcorn and drink some wine (laughs) and you know build a tent and get comfortable and it's like no honey you are not coming into my mind and getting comfortable and thinking this is some free bed and breakfast no you come in do what you need to do and you're getting out Mm -hmm. right and so I have really learned that we don't challenge the inner critic enough I think we just accept whatever it says so blindly and we don't challenge it. But you can't challenge your inner critic if you yourself are not awake to the greatness within you and your worth and all the amazing things about you. So step one when you're dealing with the inner critic is to articulate your strengths. Step two is to challenge the inner critic and then step three is you've got to get better at celebrating yourself and outwardly owning your accomplishments and expressing that because when you own your accomplishments it's scientifically proven that you look to the future with more confidence and optimism because you remember all the amazing things you've done your strengths aren't just something that you leave on a spreadsheet you have to internalize them and know them at the forefront of your thinking and the best way to do that that is to celebrate yourself and reflect on your achievements and own own those accomplishments own that greatness because you don't get any award for being the world's best kept secret you have to if you have something to offer the world you've got to put yourself out there and the more you practice that and do that the less space the inner critic has to come in and kind of um you know take over your mind in that way So
0: we've both worked with Google and Google has this initiative called hashtag I am remarkable, All you know, as you're very familiar with the, the data that shows that women do have issues when it comes to talking about ourselves. Why is it so difficult? Do you think for women to talk about our accomplishments? Mm.
1: So... I think it has to do with the capitalist and patriarchal world that we live in because it serves the world for women not to own their accomplishments Mm. because whilst women are shying away and not owning who they are, guess who's getting all the opportunities, right? So it serves people at the top to make sure that other people Underneath them don't know what they are capable of doing, aren't aware to their full power because when they are, it takes it breaks down the power structures that currently exist. And the power structures that exist in a patriarchal world is competition. I'm the best, I can, there's only one room for one person at the top. So I have to be at the top and I have to push everyone else down so no one is on my level. That's what the power structure in the world that we live in. And so it doesn't serve the people at the top for women to own their accomplishments because there's even a stat that says about 20% of women get passed up for promotion compared to their male counterparts because men are much more comfortable owning that and society has even programmed women not to like other women who own their accomplishments and um google actually did a report on that and it showed that both men and women don't like women who self-promote which is insane because men self-promote all the time and so women believe it's arrogant or it's not a good look or it's coming across as bragging and you don't want to be seen as that you want to be seen as the humble one who just puts her head down and does her work it's an absolute lie to keep women stuck in the same positions that they're in so the people who are brave enough to own their accomplishments and to show their value are the ones who rise to the top so the biggest like middle finger to the patriarchy system is to actually own your worth as a woman and be vocal about it because when you do that you give other women permission to do so too and when you own your accomplishments you I'm not saying say I'm the best everyone else is beneath me no that's not what owning your accomplishments is owning your accomplishments is saying I did this This is what I've learned. Here are the lessons you can try it too and succeed as well. As a confident woman, I want to use my confidence to lift other women up so we can all be confident together. That's what I mean by owning my accomplishments. So when I share my achievements, I'm sharing it to show another woman that if I can do it, she can do it too. That's the whole point of sharing your accomplishments. But if you don't share your accomplishments, then women don't see themselves as leaders, as game changers, as, you know, innovative. And then, you know, we stay in our little bubbles and our little mindsets. So um, I think we have to be rebellious about it and not care what other people think because there is another woman out there who needs to see you killing it so she can believe in herself and take action too.
0: It's so true because we believe we can do what we see around us exactly. and, and lack of role models will simply, you know, lead to, to not being open to those possibilities for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I had twins about five years ago and they were twin girls. And I think what happened to me was that the big penny dropped for me because I have a child previous, but he's a boy. Mm. So I knew mm. he was always going to be okay in the world. Right. So I had these twins and these twin girls came into my life and I felt the weight of mm. these girls growing up as young women and teenager into a world that was going to judge them mm. and I knew that they were going to have to live up to that because I've lived that myself in my career and as as a young woman both are our, our physical beings our bodies being judged by mm. others but also our minds and our our philosophies and our actions um I know that you've worked with the Oprah and I love that you say that you're like you could be the love child of Beyonce and Oprah (laughs) because I totally agree with that but amazingly you worked with the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for Girls giving over 3,000 girls which is amazing the tools and knowledge of confidence and and seeing that you've worked with such young girls and with millennials and and women my age do you see any differences throughout the generations is there a shift
1: I always get asked this question, actually, and the truth is there is really no difference because it's the same generational cycle of low self-esteem over and over again. You know, I've worked in the corporate world where I've run imposter syndrome workshops for women in their 60s right and it's still the same confidence issues you get to your 60s or you're in a director or you're something but you still don't feel like you're good enough and then as a teenager you don't have the skills and talents that you think you should have and then you still don't feel good enough so um when i was doing like talks around the world i would always ask women what are their top 3 insecurities and the top 3 that i got from lagos london new york south africa was body insecurities so not loving their body not feeling good enough and having a fear of the future and when I speak to women who are in their 30s in their 50s it's the same thing because we haven't addressed the, the root cause which is first of all, the message society is putting out there for women of all ages. And then also our mindset shift that needs to be able to be confident enough to reject what society throws at us and to choose our own path. Because we are constantly getting these messages that we are not good enough from a young age. So that feeling, whether you're a teenager or you're, whether you're a grown woman, the messages are still in society. We have to decide that first of all, we need to challenge those messages. We need to hold people accountable who are putting out those toxic messages. And then we need to choose our own message for ourselves. You can actually choose what you believe in. You don't have to believe that if you haven't gotten married, ha- bought a house, and had a baby by the time you're 30, you're a failure. Who created that narrative in the first place, right? So you can choose not to believe in that. And I, I think so. I think it's a, a two way thing where. Yes, we need to work as a society to make sure that young girls aren't falling into the same traps, but we also need to make sure that the women who are ahead of us are owning who they are and breaking those doors down and challenging those stereotypes so that they can set the example for the women coming after them.
0: So currently I live in Sweden after a decade living in in East London and here only 27% of businesses are are female-run, female-founded. I think it's an abomination, (laughs) to Mm. be honest with you. We need more women to run businesses. Why aren't there at least half? What do you think we can do to change this, to encourage more women to run businesses?
1: Mm. So I always say the first thing you need to know before you run a business is yourself because your mindset is the foundation to every single thing that you do so if you do not have the confidence in yourself and you have if you have not worked on your mindset it's going to be really difficult for you to then go and run a business and manage a team because that's even additional pressure so i think um the first thing is making helping women open their minds to see that they can be leaders, that they can run businesses, right? And it is possible for them and they can be successful at it. And then also helping women see the strengths and the skills that they have. And actually, when you look at what makes an incredible leader, women tick all of those boxes. Um, There was a social media post that showed how governments that were women-led responded to the pandemic versus governments that were male-led. And the difference is shocking. Women make the best leaders. But again, we live in a patriarchal society that has designed a narrative that says women are too emotional to lead. But that's not true. You know, so I think we as women we need to wake up we really need to help each other wake up to our strengths to our greatness to the truth about who we really are and then we shouldn't be afraid to challenge the limiting beliefs that tell us we can't run businesses or we can't be directors or we can't be you know at the top because we absolutely can um so yeah and then i think also having communities where we support each other as entrepreneurs is very important um because a lot of the times when it comes to business you're just figuring out things on your own and if you have a community of mentors and sponsors and you know a big part of my growth last year was because women put me forward for opportunities right I wouldn't have gotten half of those opportunities I got last year if the women in my world in my community did not put me forward so it 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 makes such a difference when you use if you're if you can open the door and you're already in the room don't just close the door behind you make sure you're lifting another woman up and inviting her into the room with you as well so i think that kind of mentorship and sponsorship and like you know if an opportunity comes up think of a woman in your world that you could give it to if it doesn't work for you is super important as well
0: I couldn't agree more. I think I can actually look at my bottom line because I've only been business for about a year and a half. And I can look at my bottom line last year, which was very good given that it was a pandemic year and we mm-hmm. were thrown around mm-hmm. in this roller coaster, right? But a lot of it is is from a very strong network. Before that, like you say, You feel lonely and it is Mm. lonely and it is hard, and you're just believing, and that's all you have, you know, working Mm, against mm. the fear and going on belief, not having any proof. You know, is this really going to work apart from me, like doing my due diligence and believing in it? So, Mm. female networks are really, really, really important because at the end of the day, it's sort of like men have always done business on the golf course, right? Mm -hmm, They've been hanging mm -hmm. out in the private clubs and on the golf course where there's no Mm -hmm. space for women women in in Mm. that way and now we're we're doing business doing business our way exactly so i wanted to also ask you about workplace environments and specifically toxic work cultures I often come across and have a quite strong history in my career about handling sort of derogatory language or comments uh, from men, very rarely from women. I was told that I was loud, that I took too much space, that I didn't smile enough. Um, you're nodding, so I'm presuming you've, <laughs> you have you hear me, right? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about dealing with comments like this? Mm. I think
1: uh it's important to call it out when you when it happens and when you see it and this again, this is why allyship is so important. Because you know, if somebody is saying something negative to you in the moment, you're not thinking, oh, I've got to speak up and fight back and challenge it. You're just kind of taking in what they're saying and you experience the shock and of everything that's going on, right? When somebody says, who do you think you are to think you can do this job? Or like, a woman's, not, a woman's never done this before. This isn't really a place for a woman. You're just taking in the shock of those words. And so I think it's important that the people around you step in for you in those moments and they're like hang on a second what do you mean by that? Why why, why is it not that a woman can't do this job or like, you know, so I think we all have a collective responsibility to call out these microaggressions, this gender bias, racial bias when we see it and not leave the onus on the person who is experiencing the bias and the microaggression to speak up and challenge it for themselves. So that's the first thing I would say, like when you're in a room and you see it happening, call it out in the moment and don't leave all the responsibility on the person experiencing it because they're going through their own stuff in that moment and might not have the strength to do it aside from calling it out i also think it's important to when you do have the conversation with someone make sure it's it's not kind of like you did this to me and you did that to me and you did this to me use i statements instead like you know this is what happened and this is the impact it's had on me things were said and this is what happened this is how i felt about it because the moment you start pointing fingers at someone like you made me feel like this you did that to me they just get on the defensive mode and then it's a locked conversation and there's no way through so i think when it comes to having uncomfortable conversations one you have to be open-minded Right. I know you might have been hurt in the past, but when you're going to have a conversation with someone, be open to their perspective as well and try and find, you know, alignment between the two things. And then, you know, remember the purpose of your conversation um, and try and stick to the impact it had on you and your experience rather than all the things they did to you and then the last thing is always kind of following up with people after a while so when you've had a difficult conversation with someone check in with them again like two or three weeks later or whatever because sometimes you know people don't share everything in that moment. And they have, um, there might be leftover embarrassment or, you know, feeling a type of way. And so it's really important to just kind of check in to just see how things are because it's not easy to have these conversations. So just making sure that, okay, a while has passed, we're still on the same page. Um, it's very important. The last thing I was going to say was if you call somebody out, try and give an example of what they could say instead so it doesn't just look like you're just attacking them right so for example if somebody says something that's a bit off you, you can go like oh um i don't think it's really correct to use that kind of language why don't we try this instead you know so you're bringing a solution when you call somebody out kind of work with them to create a solution or bring a solution as you're calling them out so it doesn't just look like you're the person always pointing at people to say oh you're so aggressive or oh you're you know you've got the gender bias and then that's where we get the angry woman from or the angry black woman or you know um things like that so when you're kind of calling people out bring solutions as well and work with them to create solutions so it's not just a one-sided thing
0: yeah, so it's more constructive criticism yes, exactly. than solely criticism. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's really good advice. Yeah. So we talked about fear earlier, and I want to go back to that a little bit. So feel the fear and do it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. We cannot escape fear is a natural part of life, right? It's why we survive. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's survival instinct. A big part of, I think, running a business is, is feeling fear of failure and feeling uh, fear of doing new things or being visible and putting yourself out there and in social media there is pressure to to be visible for your brand do you have any advice for people business owners that are struggling with putting themselves forward in their business and and being afraid of being visible in that way on social media for instance
1: yeah so fear is just a negative thought of something in the future that hasn't even happened yet Okay. That's, that's my own definition of fear. So you want to put yourself out on social media, but you're already thinking, what if they don't like my business idea? What if they think my content is cringe? What if they judge me for this? What if I'm not good looking enough to be on camera? You've not even. I think that's the key
0: word there, the judge, right? We're so afraid of being judged.
1: Absolutely. And you haven't even put your work out yet, but you're already afraid of being judged. So what are you doing? You're going into the future and rehearsing the worst possible outcome. And that worst possible outcome isn't even 100% facts. You're making an assumption about the future that you don't know whether it's true or not. So if you're gonna make an assumption about your future, make an assumption that you actually want to happen, not what you don't want, right? Focus on what you do want. I always say to people, if you can think, what if I fail? You can also think, what if I succeed? What's bit. the best that can happen? Exactly. And look at the energy between like, what if they judge me? What if they don't like my work? What if nobody buys anything? Versus what if What if this is what exactly somebody needed to hear today? What if this product is going to change somebody's life? What if this is going to take me to the next level? Look at the difference in the energy, right? And both of them are probabilities. But one of them is actually going to make you feel good and empowered and energized so you actually do the work and probably get to where you want to go and the other one is going to keep you stuck so um the thing about fear is try not to rehearse failure and instead rehearse success in your mind now i started off making videos on instagram and before i posted my first video i was in my room shaking my negative thoughts were on overdrive. Oh my gosh, you sound like a man. Who do you think you are now? Your skin isn't clear enough to be on camera. Like, this is so cringe. Like, what if people judge you, da, da, da. And I had to say to myself, the message in me is more important than the fear I feel. The message that I had in me of love, of empowerment, of confidence is so much more important than whether my skin is clear on camera or not, or whether I sound like a man or not. And I know I don't sound like a man, right? But you totally again, don't. <laughs> right. It's just like the negative thoughts doing everything they can to sabotage you. So you stay comfortable instead of taking the risk to put yourself out there. And I always say to people, you never know where your life can take you. When I posted that first video on Instagram, I never knew that I would be where I am today. Never. So it's so important that you lean into the positive possibilities of your life and because you just never know where life can take you. And it could be an amazing journey, but it requires you taking one step. So when it comes to overcoming fear, first thing you need to do is break down the fear. Our fear is often like a spider in our minds where it's like so many different branches and arms of one fear. The key is to break it down and articulate it. What exactly are you afraid of? So people will say, okay, what if I put myself out on social media and I get judged? Okay, and I'll go, fine. What can you still be grateful for about the situation? So for example, you can be grateful that You have a brand in the first place. You can be grateful that you actually have a product and something, you've created something amazing. Okay, what's gonna happen if you keep thinking, what if I put myself out there and I get judged? What's gonna happen if you keep thinking that? You probably won't put yourself out there. If you don't put yourself out there, you won't promote your products properly. If you don't promote your products properly, they won't sell and then you'll lose money and then your business will probably fail. So you're afraid of failure and you're thinking, let me not put myself out there to protect myself from failing, but actually it is exactly that that leads to the failure, (laughs) right? So then we go over to the other side. What would you rather think? What if I put myself out there and people uh, love my work? Okay. What's possible? Okay. They love my work. They share it. They buy it. My business starts to grow. I'm increasing my revenue. Um, you know, I have more money to be more strategic with things, and I become a successful entrepreneur. Amazing so what do you need to start doing to get to that positive possibilities right take the baby steps we we look at step seven eight and nine before we've even taken step one or two so don't freak out by seven eight and nine start with one so true when one is done move to two then when two is done move to three and keep going so what is
0: uncomfortable becomes
1: comfortable, right? Exactly. By taking
0: it, by doing it again and again and again, suddenly you're doing stories, showing up, you know, doing TV like, like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. And I always think, you know, yes, people are going to judge me. That's in our nature. In, it's yeah. in our biological compound. It's how we operate mm-hmm. as humans mm-hmm. used to save mm-hmm. our lives back in the Stone Age, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, what does it matter if somebody judges me? It is what it is. Yeah. They're gonna judge me. I'll never know what they're thinking, exactly. and that's fine. You know? exactly, and that's yeah. okay. You're not. you I think of myself a bit like Marmite. Not everybody's mm. gonna love me, and that's all right. Mm, you mm, know, mm. it is. It's a part of. It's a part of life. It's not a popularity yeah. contest.
1: It's about being true to yourself. Absolutely, and that's what I say to women. The goal is not to be liked by everyone right? Even Beyonce has haters. Why do you think you're not going to have haters? Everybody <laughs> right? has haters. As everybody Taylor Swift has knows. haters. <laughs> yeah. The goal is not to be liked by everyone. The goal is to show up as your true authentic self and the people who like you will hear your story and find you and form community with you. That's it right? The goal is not to be liked by everyone else. The goal is to show up and then the people who like your content can find you. But if you don't show up, then the people who want to support you and who need your products aren't going to find you because you're not marketing yourself the way you should be. Um, And then another thing to think about is, you know, imagine Unilever putting out a new product with no packaging, no no marketing, no branding whatsoever. They just put it on the shelf and expect it to be a sellout product. That would never happen. Impossible. That would never happen. If you look at some of the, the, the budgets in companies, the marketing budget is often the biggest budget in a lot of these companies. Why? Because they understand the importance of having a message and a narrative around your products and services to touch People's hearts and emotions, and get them to buy your product or service. Right? Companies know if you don't market it, that's the end. So we have to look at ourselves the same way. It's about building a personal brand that you love and putting it out there so the people who love that brand too can find you and be a part of your community and whatever it is that you're doing.
0: And that's not going to be everybody, and that is okay.
1: And that is okay.
0: <laughs> so, at the end of each podcast, I ask my guests to share a story of, of failure, and and this is kind of my way to really embed that failure is a way to learn. It is a way to success, and the, and that our pursuit of flawlessness as women is completely unnecessary. Mm. So, do you have a a, fa- a story of failure that you would like to share from your life and and what you've learned from it? Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, I remember. It's more of like a rejection-y failure kind of story. So I, when I was working in my full-time job, uh, there was an opening for a promotion. And my team was quite small, so it was quite obvious that I was next in line to get that promotion. And everyone was talking about how it was totally gonna be me and things like that. And then um the manager that was hiring for that role, she said to me, Oh, don't worry about it, like it's yours. I will do everything to make sure that, you know, you get that because naturally it made most sense for me to do it. And then um HR turned around and goes, Oh no, you have to open it to the whole organization. And I was like, Okay, that's fine. Um And so they did that and in the process, I didn't really give it my hundred percent because I was told it's already mine so when i presented i had to do like a presentation and do some case studies and stuff like that so when i presented it i didn't give it my 110 percent i just kind of like you know and i didn't do a terrible job either i I mean i put some effort in but i didn't give it the tiwa excellence that i usually give in my day-to-day right because i just thought i had a lot going on at the time and i was just like okay let me just put a few things together and they'll they'll get the gist of it anyways turns out somebody else in the organization decided they wanted to apply for the job had no idea this was happening and the manager who said to me she was going to do everything to give me this job gave it to another person in the organization that applied even though she had no experience in the role and even though she wasn't familiar with what was going on in our with our department and the products she did really well in the interview and they gave her the role that's harsh that's harsh right that is harsh and that hit me like a ton of bricks and i oh my gosh i when i say i cried like i cried some very ugly tears and not only that so after giving they gave her the promotion guess who had to train her me wow yeah that is the icing on the cake I then had to train somebody who got the job that I was going for because she had no experience in the department and everything that they were doing so I had to train her and onboard her. Anyways, a couple of months later it was very obvious that she couldn't handle the pressure of the role and so I had to start taking a lot of her work from her and doing it. Whilst not getting a pay rise, still on my old job, but then acting as a manager that she should have been doing, right? But don't want to go into that. But anyways, what I learned from the whole situation was that life is not about whether you get hit or not. Life is about when you do get hit, how will you bounce back? Being unstoppable isn't about feeling like superwoman because you can jump over every hurdle and never slow down because at that time I hadn't really got any big rejections in my life like you know I brought my skills I brought my talents it was pretty a pretty smooth road for me but in that moment I felt what it was really like to be human to be really hit by a ton of bricks and I won't change that experience for anything because I needed to feel what it was like to be human because I had in my mind that I was unstoppable and an unstoppable meant no slowing down and just, you know, punching through everything and smashing through all the bricks. But actually that's not what unstoppable means. Unstoppable means when you do get hit because you will get hit and you will get knocked down. Are you gonna get back up or are you gonna give up and stay stuck?
0: That's the thing, right? We cannot become resilient
1: mm-hmm. unless
0: we've experienced, Exactly. You know, the tough knocks because exactly. only the knocks will teach you to get back up again Exactly. i love that thank you so much tiwa for showing up today You're i have welcome. loved this conversation thank you let's go out and flex those confidence muscles every day yeah thank you so much <laughs> thank You're you welcome. take care Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, Tiwa Lola, for that conversation. There were so many gems in there that we can take away, hopefully, and implement in our lives straight away. I know I will. So thank you for that. Um, if you want to find out more about Tiwa, you can head to the website, which is Confident and Killing It. is also on Instagram as at Tiwa Lola and also at Confident and Killing It. I also wanted to tell you about the Confidence Game Plan, which is TWS five-step action plan to grow confidence, invest in well-being, and thrive in all areas of your life. It is an interactive learning experience that comes with live masterclasses, community support, and group coaching as an add-on. And if you want to find out more about that, head to join.confidentandkillingit.com. I am so grateful for this time we spent together. Thank you and thank you everybody for listening and join me soon for more on unprecedented women. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. You've been listening to Unprecedented Women with me, Jess Audsley. If you've been inspired by this conversation, I would love to hear from you. Please subscribe to this podcast and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word. Believe it or not, it really does help. Keep in touch on Instagram, my favorite platform, and let me know your thoughts. You can find me at rocksocial underscore. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time for more chats with unprecedented women.